0: Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host. Today our text is taken from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, which say, Forasmuch as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We see this great contrast in this verse that we're not redeemed with corruptible things. We're redeemed with supernatural things. It's supernatural that the great God of the universe sent His only begotten Son. It's supernatural that God became man and lived on this earth without sin. It's supernatural that He could die on a cross and shed His own blood for us, paying a debt we could not pay for the sins that we have committed. The anger that God has for your sin and for my sin and the sin of the world was put on Jesus Christ and He paid it all. He paid for all of it, past, present, and future. And here we have this precious blood without blemish, without spot. And because Christ made the perfect sacrifice once for all, we are redeemed by His precious blood and we have life and life more abundantly. We need to be so thankful for our Lord and Savior and the great work He did on the cross of Calvary. And since it's a debt that we cannot repay, we should live holy and righteous and pure and perfect lives here on earth to try to represent him well and try to do his work and do his will with the time left that we have here on earth
1: there is a name i love to hear i love to sing his word it sounds as music in. The sweetest name on earth Oh, how I love Jesus Oh, how I love Jesus Oh, how I love Jesus Because he first loved me It tells me what my Father hath In store for every day And though I tread a Yield sunshine all the way Oh, how I love Jesus Oh, how I love Jesus Oh, how I love Jesus Jesus Because He first loved me It tells of one whose loving heart Can fill my deepest woe Each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love you! Oh, how I love love you!
0: This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Peter and Valerie Limmer, who are missionaries uh, serving in Japan. God is using them greatly in the island of Okinawa. I had the privilege of visiting them there and seeing their ministry, and boy, it's really exciting to see how God is is uh, helping them to reach a very difficult people group. Today they're gonna tell us about uh, some of the ministry outreaches that they have. So
2: this, actually, this story relates to an older friend of ours at the church that we're working at and my parents happened to be in town they were visiting us for a couple of weeks and it was very wonderful to have them there and so we were all sitting after church around a table so my family with all the people from the church this older gentleman comes around with a pot of coffee and he just he asked my father if he wanted some coffee in japanese and my father doesn't understand japanese so i wasn't thinking very culturally appropriate i was thinking more canadian and so i just looked at him and i said no no thank you my father doesn't drink coffee well later on That evening when Val and I were alone, Val says to me, you know, you shouldn't have said no because it's not culturally appropriate to say no. And I realized that I had made an error culturally and I had possibly could have offended him quite badly by saying no. And so the Sunday after there was one of our friends, his English is very good, so I asked him to help me translate so I wouldn't make as many mistakes.
3: compound the yeah.
2: And I apologized. After I had apologized, he put on a big smile and he said, oh, don't worry about it, that's not a problem. And he looked at me and says, but I, I do have a question, and I was wondering if you would be willing to help me out with uh, being a crossing guard for one of the local schools. And so we looked at our schedule and and it worked out perfectly because it was in the morning and so I was able to go and do that first thing in the morning. I'm not a morning person so I'd come back and have a nap and then get to work.
4: Now I I just want to interject something here. In Japan if someone asks you for a favor this is actually a big honor because they're coming to you to ask you for a favor and Favors are the kind of the glue that hold the Japanese society together. And so when you ask someone for a favor, you are essentially also communicating that you want to deepen your relationship um, through this request so that your relational bonds will, through favors, will be more tightly... Will grow. Yes, we'll grow,
3: sorry. Um,
4: There's actually a name for the emotion that a Japanese person will feel when they're asked a favor by a friend. And that Japanese emotion is called amai. And it basically means the happiness that you experience by being asked a favor, by being chosen specially um, by one of your friends to carry out this favor. So it was a
2: really amazing opportunity and a real blessing to be asked. And so I did that for a while and it was a lot of fun. And as our time in Japan was drawing to a close, the school realized that we were going back to Canada for a year. And as a gift, they gave me, um, they don't use stop signs for their crosswalks. They use a little flag. And so they gave me a flag and they said, oh, you can take this to Canada and show people who you're going to be visiting with, (laughs) what you've been doing. but the more incredible thing, the thing that God went way above and beyond that I had no idea was going to happen was he's opened a door to go into the school to teach English. Wow. And it'll be just to go in and help the students as they're learning to read and write and speak a little bit. What we're hoping will happen is that we'll have the opportunity to ask the principal if we can invite the kids to our English class on Saturdays and that they'll be able to come and have conversational English, which the school system isn't very strong on. And if we can have that opportunity to fight them out, who knows how God's going to use that. But what an amazing door to be opened to a, a local public school in our area.
4: The English classes that Peter and I hold on Saturdays are actually held in the church. And that is uh, an amazing opportunity we've discovered to bring people into the church. Churches are really scary for Japanese people. And so even coming in for something as simple as an English class ends up breaking down a lot of the barriers to coming back to hear about Jesus later on. And we've seen a lot of success, actually, through the little children bringing their parents into, into the churches. and people become Christians through this
0: thank you so much for uh, some of these cultural differences that we wouldn't even think about in North America and yet you've had to look at the culture and uh, and see how people act and react there and you've been able to understand and actually apply these things to your own ministry and your own lives and I'm really thankful for your sensitivity towards that and all the open doors that God has been given to you after four years you're doing a tremendous job we're really thankful for you Lord bless you Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you know, this is a listener-supported program, and we would not be able to be on the air without our listeners' help. Please remember us in your wills and trust as a legacy gift. This can help Canada's National Bible Hour continue on the air even after your life on this earth ends.
5: This month we are offering a booklet called The Saga of a Wise Fool by Dr. Fred Hartman. In this booklet, you will meet an intriguing character known for wisdom and foolishness. The contradiction between his reputation as the wisest man who ever lived and his choices that were very unwise can be understood by examining different aspects of his life. Dr. Fred Hartman does this in a very powerful way. To order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catherine's Ontario L2R7A7, or in the U.S., Box 2010, Buffalo, New York 14231. Good day, if you, your friends from church, or family members are interested in more information about short term or career ministry opportunities, or seeking someone to come to your church, or a group to speak about international missions, please call 866 483 5787 in Canada or 888 900 5048 in the United States or on the web visit www.missiongo.org. So we can share more information.
3: Moment. I've no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is like the consolation. my brother? Did I give love to my sister? Did I give love to my enemy? Did I give love, love, love? All that matters is love, love, love. When it's over, it won't matter where I came from. nor when it's over, It won't matter where I came from, yeah, when it's over. All that matters is what I gave. Did I give joy to my brother? Did I give joy to my sister? Did I give joy to my enemy? Did I give joy, joy, joy? All that matters is joy, joy, joy. 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 When it's over, it won't matter what I look like. No, when it's over, it won't matter what I look like. Yeah, when it's over, all that matters is what I get. Did I give peace to my brother? Did I give peace to my sister? Did I give peace?
0: Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco and is entitled Learning About Life. Printed copies are available upon request. Today I would like to share with you
6: some important Bible truths about life. Learning about life is the topic. What is really important in life? What is it that brings happiness? In the U.S. there is a lot of concern about their schools. There are questions being raised about whether or not they're adequately preparing their children with the knowledge they need to be happy and successful in life. In scientific circles, concern has been expressed that man has learned to control the atom, he has come to understand and to even manipulate the very building blocks of life, the genes, but he's not been able to learn the basic laws of moral behavior that enables him to live happy and peaceful with others. In spite of all our scientific achievements, we see continued violence, wars, murder, robbery, and so forth. The Bible is one of God's great gifts to man, and its pages are filled with wisdom, revealed by a loving God and recorded by holy men through inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. Thus, the Bible can teach us lessons about life that no other book can. Some of these lessons are found in Psalm 32, a Psalm of King David. The passage is entitled, A Psalm of David, a Amaskal. Now, scholars tell us that maskel is a hebrew word meaning instruction or teaching so here we find instruction about life from heaven itself as it were wisdom that all mankind needs to know and to experience let us look for a few moments then at Psalm 32 the psalm begins blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. The word blessed in this passage means happy or fulfilled. So here the Bible teaches us the basic lessons for a happy fulfilled life. The first thing the psalmist says we need to learn is that the greatest blessings in life are spiritual, not material. If Hollywood were writing about life, they might say, blessed or happy is he who reaches the highest pinnacles of fame and who wins an Oscar. Now, I'm sure there's a certain amount of happiness in that, but Hollywood is also famous for its many broken marriages, divorce, immorality, and in some cases, suicide. They often succeed in gaining fame, but they also often fail in the basics of life. A businessman might write, blessed is the man that is successful in business and makes all kinds of money. But does that lead to real living? It was Andrew Carnegie, the American industrialist, who once said, millionaires seldom smile. The Watchman Examiner records a story, and I quote, a very rich man worth hundreds of millions of dollars was said to have literally starved to death. For many months before he died, he was unable to digest solid food. He gave great banquets, but he could not partake partake of the delicacies he provided for others. Although he took some pleasure in entertaining foreign princes and important personages, he himself slowly wasted away. Opulence and luxury are not necessarily the ingredients for a good life, nor can the splendors of this world become an adequate substitute for real living. While we know this, it is pitiful that in the realm of spiritual and eternal things, most souls seem to be withering away. It was Jesus who said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Matthew chapter 6. The Bible teaches us then that the greatest blessings in life are spiritual, not material. These blessings have much to do first with the forgiveness of sins. For the, the text says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. God can help us to be forgiven, and only God can help us to be forgiven of our sins. And then, and only then, can we truly be blessed or happy. Now, the Bible tells us that all men have sinned. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in chapter 5 and 12 it says, Wherefore, as by one man, that is Adam's sin, sin entered into the world, and so death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We see then that the lesson of the forgiveness of sins must be learned by all men everywhere if they are to be blessed or happy. The heavy burden of man's guilt must be lifted if he's ever to enjoy the life that God has planned. And God is the only one who can lift that heavy load through forgiveness. King David, who wrote this passage, knew much about what he wrote. He had sinned with Bathsheba, another man's wife. Then to cover his sin he had her husband Uriah sent to the battlefront to be killed. What a terrible burden of sin and guilt he bore, until he came to God for forgiveness. I wonder, are you carrying a heavy load of guilt? Then you too must come to God, and to Christ. And find the forgiveness of your sins. First John 1 and 9 promises us if we confess our sins, he, that is Christ, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I hope you will come to Christ today. Then the second great lesson to learn is that forgiveness with God is not complicated. Verse 5 says, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. This is a most remarkable thing, that although we have sinned against God and hurt his heart terribly, yet he has made a plan or a provision for our sins. In the Old Testament, a man had to bring an animal to the temple, altar, where the priest would kill it the animal died in the sinner's place so that the sinner could go free this Old Testament sacrifice pictured the true sacrifice of Christ which was to come much later for in John chapter 129 Jesus is called the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world, David, who struggled under the load of his guilt for some time, it seems, found a wonderful thing that when he stopped trying to cover up his sin and openly acknowledged it to God and offered the sacrifice required, he found that God was willing and able to forgive him. God's forgiveness can be found then through acknowledgement or admitting sin and not trying to make excuses or blame it on someone else. Then confessing it to God, God lifted the load of David's sin and restored joy and gladness to his life. And he went on to be a great king of Israel and a man, it says, after God's own heart. We too can have God's forgiveness through the acknowledgement and confession of our sins. Someone might say, how can sin as black as David's be forgiven just by asking for it? well it's because the real penalty of sin was paid by the lord jesus christ who came and died for man's sin on the cross first john 2 and 2 says that christ is the propitiation or payment for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world god himself in Christ paid the penalty for our sins and now he can fully and forgive anyone and everyone who comes to him in repentance and faith isaiah 55 says seek ye the lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If you have never sincerely asked God for the forgiveness of your sins, then I hope you will come today and do it and find the peace and joy of God's forgiveness. Then there's a third great lesson mentioned here that we must learn, and that is to have the courage to tell others of our faith. David, it says, after he sought forgiveness in verse eight, it says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. David here, having experienced forgiveness, is now able to share that experience with others and to encourage them to confess their sins to God as well. There are many people who have found the inner peace of forgiveness with God, but who have not had the courage to share it with others. And so they have lost the joy that they once had and have not grown as a believer should. Remember Peter, when the crowd came to take Jesus, he followed behind in fear and apprehension. And as he warmed himself at a fire, a servant girl accused him of being a follower of Christ. But Peter denied ever knowing Jesus. Three times he had an opportunity to stand up for the Lord and share, yes, that he had been with Jesus, and that he had seen the sick healed, and the blind made to see, and the deaf made to hear, and the dead raised to life. Surely he must have been the Messiah, but he lacked that courage, and failed and went out later and wept bitterly, it says. He lost the blessedness of peace and joy in his life, because he failed to share what he knew of Jesus. Peter later found forgiveness of course and did confess Christ with great courage, helping many to find the Savior and writing two great books of the Bible. King David too went on from terrible failure to joyously live for God and openly share his faith with others. The Psalms record many of the uh, indications of his faith in Christ. It's very important that we do the same. To have the courage to confess Christ is to bring the assurance of salvation to your own heart and life. For Romans 10 and 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The assurance of joy and salvation is experienced when you begin to courageously share your faith with those around you. Then too, telling others of Christ can help your friends and loved ones come to know Jesus. The samaritan woman of john chapter 4 met jesus at the well then returned to her city and said to her friends and acquaintances come see a man which told me all things that ever i did is not this the christ john chapter 4. now that's a pretty simple testimony but it had a powerful effect John 4.39 says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. There is no greater joy in life than to know that you have helped someone else come to find eternal life and forgiveness in the Lord Jesus. If you are a husband or father or a man or wife or young person, and have found Christ at one time, then you need to have the courage to share that with those around you, your friends and children and parents and so forth. When you find the forgiveness of God, he wants you to help others and work for his kingdom on earth by sharing the gospel with those around you. Through this, you are strengthened and you begin to grow in your spiritual life. And others are influenced by your witness as well. And the kingdom of God will be furthered through this passage then we've learned the greatest blessings in life are spiritual and not physical we've learned secondly that forgiveness is free and only in christ and then thirdly that when you're forgiven we need to have courage to share the gospel and our faith with those around us may these thoughts from psalm 32 be a blessing and a help to you today
0: I'm sure the message you just heard was a great blessing to you, and I trust that it will help you live a life surrendered to Christ throughout this next week. Here at Can's National Bible Hour, we're always concerned about the spiritual health of those who listen. We're thankful for those who are believers in Christ who can use the Bible messages to grow in their faith we're also concerned about those who maybe have never had a personal relationship with the God of the universe. The Bible is very clear that all sin and come short of the glory of God. You can't get to God without some savior, some means of having your sins forgiven. And of course, the Bible tells us that the wages of our sin or the payment for our sin is death. That's spiritual death. That's hell. But the verse goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we need to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we do that by exercising faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, the scripture tells us.
5: This month we are offering a booklet called The Saga of a Wise Fool by Dr. Fred Hartman. In this booklet, you will meet an intriguing character known for wisdom and foolishness. The contradiction between his reputation as the wisest man who ever lived and his choices that were very unwise can be understood by examining different aspects of his life. Dr. Fred Hartman does this in a very powerful way. To order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario L2R7A7, or in the U.S., Box 2010, Buffalo, New York 14231.